artificial intelligence. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What is it? Okay, so artificial intelligence, AI, you know, what is it? You know, it's funny, when I think about artificial intelligence, I really think about machines teaching machines, probably because I've watched too many movies over the course of time, very Terminator-ish. But I really think it's more about taking big data and chunking it down into the things that you can use and that are useful. But at least that's my opinion. But to provide some clarity on this issue, we brought in an expert today, Mr. Michael Kalfas. Mike, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Great to be here. Thank you for having Great me. Great to have you. So, yeah. Mike, yeah. what's AI? Well, I didn't know anything about AI until three years ago. Okay. But I know now, if you ask ChatGPT or if you ask Siri what AI is, they'll give you an answer. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you their answer, and then I'm going to tell you what it really is. Okay? Perfect. So, you go on, mm -hmm. what's AI? Oh, here it is. Artificial intelligence is the intelligence of machines or software as opposed to the intelligence of humans or animals. It's a field of study in computer science that develops and studies intelligent machines. Such machines may be called AIs. In my right, so mind- That's our technical definition that, of That doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> it, it really does. It's a little bit overwhelming, it, right? it, it, it says, it doesn't say really what it is. So yeah. basically, artificial intelligence uh, is a machine is a human brain mm -hmm. on steroids. Okay. Think about your brain, how you function. You have right, left brain, and you have all this data, you analyze data from before and after, and, and you analyze things. And what you, what AI does is actually allows you to analyze things super fast in a way that you can never do as a human. So it's basically a human brain on steroids that allows a, allows a machine to do what a human brain can do faster, and cheaper and better and probably a little less bias. Mm. That makes does that, sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes yeah. total sense okay. that you'd pull the bias out of it right. because when a human's looking at something, we all have certain ways that we grew up and certain cultures that were part right. of education, mm -hmm. all of that, right. life experiences. Right. Yeah. So you have a personal bias even though we're not necessarily aware of it. We're yeah. a machine. I shouldn't say eliminates it, but comes pretty close. It, it minimizes it. Minimizes yeah. it. So when, when, like we talked before about growing up in, in Boston or growing up in New York and, and those, all those experiences are personal experiences and that's your frame of reference. So anyone says something to you, you go back to your frame of reference, what you know. And as a human, we're very limited into what we know. Right. Think about it. We know where we grew up. We know what we do for a living. My wife would say, I'm more limited than most people. <laughs> oh, I, I get that too. I, uh, yeah, I, you, yeah, I get that more than you would probably want to know. But, but, and it's true. But, but we are limited based on what our experiences are. Mm -hmm. Think about the internet. Think about digital, anything social, anything out there. All those millions and millions of different data sources, terabytes of data, can be analyzed quickly through an artificial intelligence engine. And the thing about AI which is important, two things. One is, it has to be trained. So it's a machine, and the machine's trained by humans. And humans have predefined bias. 
So what we need to do as a, as a program or a trainer of the AI engine is to train the engine to think out of the box, to think broadly, to use millions of different data sources, and then try to leave those data sources come up with some insights. See, that's where it gets very overwhelming right. for the human brain to right. even comprehend it. Yeah. So you have AI going out there and you're pulling data from everywhere. And then in your multitasking, right? right? They can yeah. multitask information, which humans think they can multitask, right. but they really can't. You can't focus, like, you're not a Mo CPO. No, and, and, and most people, most men are really bad at it. Women are much better at it than multitasking. <laughs> Women are better at everything. Everything, right? absolutely everything. <laughs> but, but the thing is, you're right, it, it's, you can't, a human can't actually do the things that a machine can do. And, and the funny thing is, artificial intelligence was coined back in 1957. Who but, coined it? Do you remember? Yeah, uh, Dr. Minsky. Um, he was a professor at MIT, he went to Dartmouth, and they had a, a meeting with a bunch of really smart people, and they named it artificial intelligence. That's 1957. And so they've been working on this thing for you know, many, many years, almost 75 years now. And it's come so much into light, obviously, within the it, past decade. It's come into light the, the last couple of years. Yeah, my company, Graphene AI, we've been around for 10 years. We've been doing artificial intelligence for 10 years. I joined the company three years ago. And when I started talking about artificial intelligence to my clients, I said, this is what it is. You know, we take spontaneous conversations, we analyze those conversations, put themes to them and come up with insights. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> so. So it's market research, yeah, yeah. So what, what questions do you ask? Well, you don't ask questions. We listen to conversations, and from those conversations, we can analyze what people are thinking, feeling, and doing, so you don't need to ask a question. So and, we, yeah. and along those lines, so, but there's two types of artificial right. intelligence, yes. intelligence, right? Generative right. and analytic. analytic. Right, absolutely right. So, so what we do is analytic AI. So we analyze conversations, and, but we don't ask questions. We listen to conversations, um, and we do it in an unbiased way. When you do market research, market research has been around for years. In fact, I, I met one of the leaders in, um, in market research, um, Steve Schlesinger. His mom started Schlesinger, now it's called Sago. And his mom used to go door to door to people's homes to ask questions and get reached and, and do that. That's bias. Hi. Try yeah, well, doing we'll, that today. Try doing that today. Get off my yard. So fast forward, my, my mother actually did market research also. My father was in advertising and she hired, he worked in on a liquor business. She actually called people on the phone to say, hey, would you come to my house and do a focus group? So again, questions that we asked were biased because who's asking the questions are biased. The, the people you ask them from are biased too because you, you know, do you drink more than twice a week? And yes, okay, so there's bias here. What we do, we it's unbiased because we listen to all conversations come up with insights. Now, when I hear listen to conversation, as the audience will hear oh. listen to conversation, you know where everyone's head goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like listening to what? Big Brother's always listening to me or Big Sister's listening to me? It's a very good point. Probably one of the most important things and the biggest um, question people have now right around AI. Privacy, data privacy, and data security is the most important thing. So what we do personally from our company, we don't, everything we have is public data. We, everything's anonymized and aggregated, which means anonymized so no one knows who it is or doesn't know that Greg's doing it. And it's aggregated, it means it's, you don't get the IP address. We will never ever do anything that will jeopardize privacy uh, or data or data security. As a data company, we need to make sure we secure that. But there's been breaches. 
So it's really, really important to make sure you have things to cover any privacy issue. So when I say listen to, it's, it, these are public conversations. Posting on Twitter, Instagram, those are all public conversations. And I guess to kind of clarify on that, because yeah. people here listen to conversations, it's not as if someone's tied into your cell phone listening to what, what's being said. Yeah. It's the data that's accessible to right. everybody. That's correct. Online. That's right. E even though when I think about AI and the ability to take all of this information, I don't think any of it would be possible if it wasn't for the invention of the smartphone. Yeah, smart. Yeah, this thing, uh, <laughs> love it and, and hate it, um, but everything's on here right now. And when you and in, let's say in a retail space, right, they do a lot of geo targeting. So if you're, you know, if if you're a Starbucks guy and you're walking past Starbucks and there's a Dunkin' Donuts, you know, Starbucks are going to say, hey, come in, because they can geo target, come in for a free latte. Picks up your cell picks phone. Up, picks up your boom, cell phone. Here's boom. Your message. Yeah, outbound message. It's kind of creepy, but you have the settings that you can change that if you don't want. But but most of it is here, and, and that's where that's where AI comes in a lot is because they analyze those kind of and you're texting all the time and Instagram posting, Twitter, and all those things will be analyzed all the time. It's so. amazing with the smartphone. Mm -hmm. I was reading some statistics that 91 percent of the population in the world. Mm. has a smartphone, mm. over 7 billion people. Wow. And there's so much more time spent on your phone yeah. than there is watching linear TV like when we grew up, That's right. where you had to feed the ads and really in one format. It was either linear TV yeah. or radio. Yeah. Now, yeah. you could track all the behaviors. Right. And, and well, people know this inherently just yeah. based on the ads that yeah. they get. Yeah. Yeah. But you could track everything and everything's public information. Yeah, it really is. And in fact, interesting to talk about that. So John Wanamaker, is back, he's about a, he died years ago. Um, he actually was a retailer. He started Macy's. Okay. So he used to have his ads. And he would place ads and people come into the store. And he was big on developing ads and putting them out in different publications. And he said his biggest thing was 50% of my advertising is working. I'm just not quite sure which half. And that changed. That's changed now significantly. Advertisers now can use artificial intelligence can use insights based on real strong data, you know? So that's, that's something at, that's right, amazing. Right, you look at the concept of yeah. that. So to that example, you start an ad campaign, traditional, mm -hmm. traditional ad campaign. So you need six months for that campaign to see whether or not it's right. working right. and if people want to right. actually purchase yeah. the product that you're trying to sell. Right. With artificial intelligence, you can find out in pretty close to real time, very short windows. Absolutely right. So we, yeah, in fact, um, most market research, and I'm talking about market research because that's kind of where, where, where we play, so insights, right? So most market research, they have tracking. And the way they track people's behavior is they call up people, they enroll them into a panel, and they track them. And then they get results six months after the end of the quarter, which is some now in today's world. It's an eternity. It's eternity. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's six months and, and a lot has changed since that time. What artificial intelligence allows you to do is allows you to truly understand what's happening more real time. So at the end of the month, two days after the end of the month, you know what's going on. You can make changes to your marketing mix. You can make changes to your, your retail store. You can make what's selling, what's not selling. It really allows you to move I mean, much just the fast. power of that from a retailing standpoint, yeah, yeah. where you look at our traditional models, a company builds a product, right? You're building a product, and then you're going to sell the product. Right. And then you're going to see, who, all right, who's buying the product? 
And there's a ton of cost associated with that. But it's a real supply and demand type of system. Right. We have the supply and right. we're hoping to create the demand for right. it. Right. And it starts to invert now. Right. Because now people are online, you can track what they're interested in. Now you know what they're interested in yeah. and you can provide them a product to suit those needs. So That's it right. becomes more demand right. and supply. You know, right. It's counterintuitive to how yeah. things were yeah. you know, even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah, it's much Crazy. different. Yeah, I mean, and so I'm going to go back to your comment you made about AI, analytic AI versus generative AI. So the reason AI has gotten so much press recently is because of chat GPT. And that's generative AI, which is different than analytic AI. And that's what most people know about. And, and, but there, there is a difference. So generative AI is ability to generate something, whether it's a story, whether it's a poem, whether it's an article, it's a, based on content that's already been out there. Originally, the original version of ChatGPT was backdated two years ago. That's why they updated recently to make it more current. So, that, so if you had to analyze something more recent, you couldn't do it with the original ChatGPT. Now you can. So it basically takes all the content out there. In fact, you saw recently that the New York Times is suing OpenAI. I didn't say that. Because they used all the New York Times content to train the engine. So Amazing. all all, right. all all the stuff that they and all the the news and all the information that they got, the time the New York Times was the was the source of that data. Someone came into my office a year ago yeah. and said, "Have you seen this thing called ChatGPT?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> what is it?" Right. I sat down and looked at it first time, just blown away yeah. by what it is that it can do. Now, yeah. obviously, it's part of the mainstream culture right. now. Right. Uh, there were some issues around education, but I guess yeah. they figured out a way to reverse engineer it to see if kids are cheating. I have two kids in college and two oh, in high really? school. So my first thing was like, well, if you can get every answer that you need right. using ChatGPT, right. how do you verify the kids do the work? And right. they figured out a way to reverse engineer it so you can't it, use it for that. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, we, uh, as a company, we, so we, we were an analytic company using artificial intelligence. We also recently developed a uh, generative AI model that takes content, market research, and puts it into a PowerPoint presentation in 24 hours. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool, pretty fast. And it's, it's, but it uses generative AI. And the, the cool thing is that it, it allows you to really analyze some, something, something would take a kid, a person, whatever, a week to do. You can do it in an hour or less. It's amazing. So it's productivity. So we talk about AI. Is AI good? Is it bad? But artificial intelligence is good. In fact, artificial intelligence is great, and it's here to stay. It's here to stay because it makes us better humans. It makes us more productive. It makes us allows us to do things that we can do more of that we enjoy, and less of things that we don't enjoy. So, say for work, for example, I just I have to I have to do a ten point PowerPoint presentation for my boss. I can now you right. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, I, it's going to take me at least a week. I got to and all the other things I have to do. Now I had to do this presentation. It wasn't on my agenda. It wasn't, you know, how many people say, oh, I just got asked to do this and I don't have time for that. That's such a great point. And you find, so people have certain areas of strengths that right. they navigate right. towards. Yeah. And yeah. when you have something, like in your example, the PowerPoint, yeah. Yeah. maybe that's a weakness for you. Right. Yeah. Now the amount of energy that you need to summons to do that report, right. I mean, it takes you out of your sweet spot. I, yeah, and which is uncomfortable. Yeah. So, it, and, so think about the... The negative effect of being out of your sweet spot, the negative effect of being stressed out. Yeah. I mean, today's, I mean, with COVID and everyone doesn't know where to go anymore, like what to do. 
So you can use artificial intelligence to make your life easier. Let, them, let, the, let the AI engine do the work for me. I'll put my thumbprint on it. I, I, I could let, let, let it do 80% of the work. But you know what? You put your touch on it. You put your thumbprint. You're John Hancock. Whatever it is, you put it on to make it yours. So all AI does is allow you to be better what you do. So that's a good thing. That makes so much sense. Yeah. The, what popped into my mind was the Pareto principle, that 80-20 rule, right? Right. Yeah. Where if I could stay doing 80% of the time in my sweet spot, yeah. well, I'm going to be much more efficient, effective, and my results are going to be better. Right. And yeah. AI is a great way to do yeah. that, yeah. to take the things off your plate yeah. that are in your lower 20%. That's right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was pondering the question of AI being good or bad. Right. And we already spoke a little bit about the privacy issues. Right, right, yeah. So I was like, ah, it's a bad because you, you feel like you're losing right. privacy. Right. And not really, because all that information is public anyway. Right. And then I was thinking about it from a retail standpoint. Okay. And people have gotten very spoiled with prices. Forget about inflation for right, a second. Right, right. But overall price competition is very aggressive right now mm -hmm. online. 21% yeah. of all purchases, I think, are done online right now. Yeah, yeah. And the ability to use AI to target people for what they're looking to buy mm -hmm. in more of a demand and supply model, right. it reduces cost. You don't yeah. have these huge inventory issues that you could have concerned right. about a product that right. may not sell, right. yeah. all of which becomes a loss for a company yeah. or a potential loss for a company, right. yeah. where when you're providing people with what they want because you intuitively know through artificial intelligence, well, the prices drop, yeah. and everybody yep. likes prices that are dropped. That's right. So that, to me, was the good about it from a retail <laughs> standpoint. There's most, listen, everyone, anyone can come up with something that's not good, right? I mean, it's easy to say no. It's easy, it's bad, bad. But the fact of the matter is, AI is good, it, it, and it can, it's not going away. And, but the thing is, we need to be able to regulate it in a way that makes people comfortable with it. It's a new technology. What do you think some of the dangers are of AI, Mike? You can think about it from a futuristic perspective, you know. Terminator? Terminator. Let's go back there. Yeah. Um, you know, is that possible? No. It's highly, highly unlikely. And I think what's happening right now, there's a lot of regulations going on. So the EU developed these regulations that allowed to, to kind of monitor or guidelines or parameters around using AI, which I think is good. The EU, uh, EU has done a really nice job of doing that. They also did a nice job of protecting data, something called GDPR, which is the Global Data Privacy Regulations. It's a, you know guidelines for protecting data, and you know Google's been sued. Everyone's been sued a lot because they don't they break that. So if we regulate AI in a way that makes it easier for people to understand what it is, how it works, and put guardrails on it so they can't get to a point where machines take over, um, I, I, that's where we're going to be, and the l likelihood of having the machines take over is very, very low. And the other thing, which is also important, is having a human in the loop. Having a human in the loop is really important no matter what we do. For us, from, from a graphene perspective, everything that we do, the engine does the work, but we look at, we train the engine, so humans train the engine, always training, all 24 hours a day, it's being trained to be smarter and smarter and smarter. So that is a good thing, but we always have a human in the loop to make sure things are not don't go awry. If things make sense, great. If they don't, we need to change it. Here's an interesting example. We did a project for uh, a company where they killed bugs. And the AI engine said, killing bugs is bad. We're like, no, 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 killing bugs are okay. You know, Kill, killing cells, yeah. yeah. So, so we had to train it to say, 
killing bugs is good, killing people bad. So, but, th I, but that's how simple it is. There's always got to be a human in the loop on oh, everything. Yeah. Someone's got to hit the button. Someone, Someone has yeah. to train it. Right. And the Even humans, though there is self-learning. Right, uh, right. And the humans are the ones who train. It's, it's a human brain that, tr that developed the machines. It's a human brain that trains the AI engine to think like a human. So that's, what, that's why there's always a human there. And as long as, it, as we stay that way, as long as we keep that human in the loop, we'll be okay. And hopefully the humans that are in the loop on it constantly are coming from a position of good. If you look at things like the internet, well, they could be the greatest thing ever, but then you have things like the dark web. Right. Where yeah. someone's taken the converse of it right. and used it for so that, the wrong So that's where reasons. you need to check some balances. It's almost like the Supreme Court, not to get political, but you have someone who's overseeing you know, what's right and what's wrong. And so I think it's, it's important to, to continue to monitor um, anything that's done from AI with, with a human and then a, a, someone who's supervising the human. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. What do you think from a real estate standpoint? You know, a lot of what we talk about on the show is real estate oriented. Right, right. How do you think AI can help from a real estate standpoint, help the consumer? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're in very nascent stages in AI and real estate. Um, you know, recently, I did a, a I did a, um, a comp with my house, right? um, and they it's a process you go through. You ask certain questions, you look at previous sales in the area, all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't look at the future. It, it, it's an immediate view of what the house is worth, let's say. But if you use AI to predict not just the house, but the street it's on, the city it's in, the town it's in, legislation that's pending to change the way things are done. And if you can add AI to predict the future of what that city is going to do and then for your house, that's where consumers can really do well because they can see what's a good investment, what's not a good investment. You can, you can see that too because when you look at the long-term real estate, right. since 1991, real estate grows at 4% per year. Right. But that's, that's historical data right, driven. Right, right. It's not future data driven. Right. You just imply that right. if it's done this in the past, right. it's going to do it in the future. Right. But to your point, with artificial intelligence, you can factor in those small variables that go unnoticed. That's Is right. there going projected changes in the school system? Right. Yes. Projected changes in the that, town? Yeah. Are they putting in more retail in that area? Right. Because AI can go out and find all that stuff right. out. That's right. Yeah. So they they'll yes. So it's that's that's predictive analytics using AI, and that's what we that's what that's what we can. Do. That's your expert. That, that's the expert. So you can and you can program that. So the key thing about AI is something called an algorithm, and, and I, I used to joke with my kids, guys, why don't you create some an algorithm? They're like, you don't even know what an algorithm is. And I'm like, <laughs> I now I know what an algorithm is. Um, What's an algorithm? <laughs> and, okay. So a think about AI as the kind of the top the apex of intelligence. Okay, that's where everything comes in. That's where all analysis is done. Machine learning is the process with which you get the insight. So machine learning, so Siri is, 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 a, is, a, is a machine, and it's learned your voice, it's learned how to answer questions, but it's basic in, in, what, it, in what, it, what it does. So does AI take what's done in machine learning yep. and use it yes. to do predictive analytics? Yes, right. So you can ask, you can ask Siri, Give me all the legislative changes uh, in the town of Mountain Lakes um, and the, you know, um, the pending legislation on, uh, on um, you know, student busing. Okay, so it, it, will, it will allow you to do that. 
It's interesting looking it's about. It's amazing. Yeah, like talking about Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, yeah. no. I was just saying that's amazing. I'm just my mind's racing on it. Okay. I look at certain areas, and just say that there's state funding right. that we know is going to go into that area in five years. Right. Well, what do the predictive analytics look right. like as to what that will do? Right. To property values, right. what will it do to the school right. system? Right. So you put that into an algorithm, yeah. you come, and you have to program that, and then come up with these are the variables, and then you have to weigh the variables based on what you think the importance are, and then it comes up with a probability, and that's really what you want to be able to do is predict with probability the likelihood of something happening, and that's what AI allows you to do. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, Mike, we're, we're going to take a quick break. Great. Mike Kalfas. We'll be back with them in two minutes to talk about some more artificial intelligence. Looking forward to it. So we talked about data security with AI, and everything right. seems to be pretty secure. Right. Uh, another concern I think people can have is, am I going to lose my job because of AI? Right. I, am I threatened? Is a machine going to take over what I do? What's your feeling on that, Mike? Well, it depends on your job, first of all. But most jobs are secure. Um, you know, you, th you think about everything from, you know, the Industrial Revolution to how you know people started working in the factories and now they're no longer factories and they're export. So there's always shifts in the economy, always shifts in, in job focus. But it, AI is not going to take your job away. It's not going to take your job away. You know, in fact, if you think about the how it's being used now in the different industries, it's being used to make you more productive. Okay, it's going to be used to make you smarter. It's um, but you won't you won't lose the likelihood of you using you losing your job is low. Obviously, there's shifts in the economy and things change, but artificial intelligence will shift where the jobs are. So you don't need to be a programmer learning Python in order to, to make it in, in the future world, but you can use AI just to make your job better and easier. And that's, how, that's what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to... So we're not going to have that, you know, the, everything that's happened in the 70s and 80s with machines taking over jobs and, and really breaking down manufacturing in this country. The machines took over a lot. Of that. That's right. Yeah. So you know, you, you look at cleaning houses. You know, and then you could have a machine do that for you. But you know, will it take away from the from the cleaning ladies? No. I mean, I, I know it will make their job easier. That's right. More efficient. More efficient. So it's, so it's, they can do more and do it at so, a reduced price. So think about it. And this is a simple thing. So you have um, cleaning. <laughs> Let me tell you, my my wife loves her cleaning lady and she's fantastic we bring her to vermont and she cleans the house in vermont so she drives up to four hours to, to do that but she's great but if she had a machine that allows her to vacuum the whole entire house and then she just touches it up she could do two houses instead of one house makes twice as much money that's yeah, that's, great and that's a simple way to think about it a basic task like that will not be replaced in fact you'll be more efficient and you can make twice That's as much That's such money. a great yeah. point, yeah. because when you start to extrapolate that out to right. other industries, right. other line of works, insert that anywhere, yeah. Yeah. everything becomes more efficient. Yeah. The person performing the service can do it at a lower cost to the consumer, yeah. but they can still make more money because they can handle a higher amount of volume. Yeah, more time, yeah. It's great. It gives you more time, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, so no one should be afraid of losing their job well, over artificial intelligence. Well, not for that. Not, not for, not, AI will not, would not make you lose your job. Well, question for you about uh, some other ways that a consumer can use AI for their advantage currently. There's a there's a plethora of, of ways that, uh, that consumers can use it. So I asked ChatGPT to write uh, a res a uh, termination letter, and it did it in about 
15 seconds. It took me two minutes to revise it. But it would have taken me, if I just started from scratch, searched different, reti- you know, it would have taken me at least four or five hours. It's took amazing. Me, took me five minutes. That's amazing. Done. What, are, what other ways can they use it? Uh, can they use it in, I know there's some AI involved in photography. There's AI involved in everything right uh, now. Yeah, so AI, it, can, it can be used in, in almost every part of a, a, a person's daily life, from getting up in the morning to, you know, to programming uh, a podcast. You want to learn something. So uh, you, know, you hear that, Nick? Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> podcast. AI might replace it. No, 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 but... No one's going to replace Nick. Let me no, tell you, the <laughs> Nick's the best. But so you can, you can, you can, you know, basically um, program it to to train. You can train yourself using AI. I want to uh, today. I want to learn about uh, uh, you know lifting weights, uh, intermittent fasting, um, how to reduce uh, stress. So you can use AI to do that. You can use artificial intelligence um, to generate cards. I mean, um, you know, for, with photography instead of spending money uh, on printing it, you know, you can just you can develop it, put it into into the internet, and then send it to all your friends. So you can use AI to generate things that you currently aren't doing. It really is fascinating, and I and I hope you know, some of the things we're talking about today pulled off the veil, right? Because people hear AI, and I think they get a little bit afraid. And I don't know if it's media or the movies or whatever it is, but you hear that and you feel it's almost like a loss of control. Right. Machines can do it. Right. And, you know, a lot of people can be overwhelmed by that or right. concerned about yeah. that. But I think it's really, as, as we kind of had this conversation, it really chunks things down yeah. to make it make more sense mm-hmm. and see how it can help people. That's right. How yeah. do you use it to your advantage and how do you help people? Right. Yeah. It, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's important for everyone to embrace AI. Embrace it slowly. Get used to it. Go to ChatGPT. Start using it. Write articles. Write love letters to your friends and family. Uh, and use it. And if, once you start using it, I think you'll like it. And I think it's going to be here for a while, and it's a good thing. And it's only going to get better over the course of time. It's going to get better. As long as there's a human in the loop, we're okay. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. That's my pleasure, Greg. Thank you for having me today. And I hope everyone that was watching today got a lot out of it. We really learned that there's generative AI, there's analytic AI. Generative is ChatGPT, which you should use and get a feel for. Analytic AI really takes a lot of information and tries to help the consumer or the retailer or add anyone to that list as to producing a product that can be more efficient and give you exactly what you're looking to do. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham. Produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in and we look forward to catching up with you next week.